Amen. It's good to see Miss Amber this morning. Amen. Good to see Mr. Tim in the back visiting with us. Amen. If you got your Bibles, turn to Isaiah chapter 7 and Matthew chapter 1. Isaiah chapter 7 and Matthew chapter 1. We also have Bibles in the, I want to say pews. Are we allowed to call them pews? Should I just say chairs? I don't, it feels like pew is such a church word and it just fits, amen. Isaiah chapter 7, Matthew chapter 1. You know what's awesome is on our worst day, we still serve a good God. It doesn't matter how hard our week was or what's going on in our life. I mean, and there's people that go through some really, really hard times. Yet we still serve a good God. Amen. Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Boy, we know that verse. That's like a Christmas uh, verse. We're going to be hearing that a lot this month. Now jump to Matthew chapter 1, verse 23. Matthew 1, 23. Sounds very similar. Behold, a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. The book, the Bible wasn't just a book that was written by uh, uh, 12 people with Jesus in the room at one given time. No, no, we're talking, I think it was over 1,500 years, a span of time where it was written. Uh, uh, people that didn't even know each other, not even close to knowing each other uh, personally. And all of a sudden, what, the, what, God, what God had them write down was so inspired, everything tied in perfectly. We're talking seven, 800 years between Isaiah and Matthew. That's a blessing to read the same thing. What a blessing. You might say, well, this is a Christmas message. Sure. Sure, it's a Christmas message. But really, really, every Bible message is a Christmas message. You know, that's like the, the he's a preacher, actually. Preacher of all people. One time, one time told me that, uh, uh, that he listened to worship music. I was like, you listen to worship music? I said, yeah, me too. He goes, no, I listen to worship music. And, and he pulled out a WOW worship CD. Whatever. There's some good songs on there, a few. But like, but he felt like he had worship music. And he literally said, because it says it in the title. I'm talking to a preacher. We were in my car at the time, and I had Doyle Lawson playing. I said, that's worship music. He's singing about Jesus Christ. It's a different genre. That's okay. But it's worship music. Anything pointing to Christ, that's worship. Anything giving him glory and praise, that's worship. Sure. So whether it's a Christmas message or just preaching anything from the word of God, that, amen, that is worship. Right. And it'd be pointing to a Christmas message, amen. Uh, Brother Vipon, would you open in a word of prayer, sir? Amen. What a great time of year to present the gospel to others who are more tender hearted towards the word. Father, may we take uh, access of that availability of people's hearts focused on, on giving. Uh, and may they receive uh, gift of gifts. Yes. Yes. Your precious. 
Amen. Now can we turn to Proverbs chapter 30 and Exodus chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 30 and Exodus chapter 3. Say, Pastor, we're jumping around a lot already. I know. I know. But it's exciting. (laughs) It's good. And it's good practice for us, amen, to turn a little bit. It's good to know where Proverbs is and where Exodus is and Isaiah and Matthew. What's the worst is being a pastor, being in the front row of like a tent meeting or a revival meeting, and they say turn to like, you know, Haggai or something. You're like, oh, man, oh, man. And you're like, I know it's over here. Oh, I missed it again, right? <laughs> I've been there. You know. Amen. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 4. I love this. Who hath ascended up into heaven or descended? Who hath gathered the wind in his fists? Who hath bound the waters in a garment? Who hath established all the ends of the earth? What is his name? And what is his son's name? If thou canst tell. The Old Testament saints knew that there was a son to God. The Old Testament saints knew that there would be a Messiah coming to save them from their sins. That's what they were putting their trust in. Amen. That's what I'm putting my trust in this morning. And any child of God that's going to heaven, that's what they're putting their trust in. The shed blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. I got two points this morning. It's not very long. Point number one. He is. I am. I done sung about it. We done sung about it. It's already up there on the screen. Amen. Number one. He is. I am. Exodus chapter 3 verse 11. And Moses said unto God, who am I? that I should go into Pharaoh and that I should bring forth the children of Israel out of Egypt. And he says, certainly I will be with thee and this should be a token unto thee. I have sent thee. When thou hast brought forth the people out of Egypt, you shall serve God uh, uh, upon this mountain. And Moses said unto God, behold, when I come unto the children of Israel and shall say unto them, the God of your fathers has sent me unto you and they shall say unto me, what is his name? What shall I say unto them? And God said unto Moses, I am that I am. And he said, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, I am has sent me unto you. And this is, God really cements this in deep here. He says, verse 15, And God said, Moreover, under Moses, Thus shalt thou say unto the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me unto you. This is my name. Forever. Wow, I, I, I just saw something there. The person who's talking to Moses says that the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and God of Jacob has sent me unto you. Huh, wonder who's talking. I just saw that. He said, this is my name forever, and this is my memorial unto all generations. You know, it's really interesting. He didn't say, Abtelma Emmanuel sent you. I mean, prophecy talking about, and his name should be called Emmanuel, right? He didn't say Emmanuel sent you. He could have said, tell him the Christ has sent you. 
To tell him the God of Abraham has said, he said none of those things. He said, I am has sent you. I am that I am. The statement of that is we're not even used to hearing that language because only one person of all of everything has the right and privilege to even say that or to have that title say, I just am. We cannot comprehend that. God told Moses that this would be my name forever as a memorial unto all generations. And, and it wasn't Jesus, it wasn't Christ, it was I am. There are, there, there's so many names of God. I mean, I'm talking about bi- just Bible names, biblical names of God, uh, names, titles, references. If there was a list of them, and I mean, it would go on and on. I don't think I'm exaggerating if I'd said I, would, I, would, I could list the names and just read them for like 30 minutes straight. I'm just ballparking. There's that many just names of God because he's so wonderful. But when Moses asked the name of God, he said, who, who should I say sent me? God just simply said, I am. So it was really, really clear to the children of Israel who I am was. Amen. We turn to Mark chapter 14, verse 60. Mark 14, 60. There's another time when God was asked the question of who he was. Mark chapter 14, verse 60. Jesus is getting ready to be crucified and the time is drawing near. And verse 60 says, And the high priest stood up in the midst and asked Jesus, saying, Answerest thou nothing? What is, it which, what is it which these witness against thee? But he held his peace and answered nothing. Again, the high priest asked him and said to him, Art thou the Christ, the Son of the Blessed? You know what Jesus' response was? And Jesus said, I am. And you shall see the Son of Man sitting in the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. I believe that with all my heart that Jesus uses words carefully. No doubt he did all through his life and his ministry. You know, he was God. He is God. Jesus, in response to the question, he could have just said, yes. He could have nodded his head in agreement. He could have said, uh, that is me. But his response was, I am. I don't think that was an accident. And to add to that, he's standing before Jews primarily. They know exactly what it means when you say, I am. I don't believe it was just an answer to the question, but he's saying who he was. We can speculate, but I believe it. So naturally... Naturally, that's going to cause them to be indignant. I mean, they, that's like, that's not just saying that, that I am God. That's like saying, I'm your God. So what would that cause them to do? Oh, that caused them to get upset. Because to them, that is absolute blasphemy. Absolute blasphemy. You know, it's very similar to, you want to, preach, uh, you want to pray in a public setting? You can pray to Muhammad, uh, Buddha. You can pray to whatever God you want to name. But do not say Jesus Christ. 
And you think, well, you're exaggerating. No, these are literal things that are literally told to people, just don't pray in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm not even joking. That is something that happens all the time. You're allowed to pray in public, but not in Jesus Christ's name. Why? Because it's offensive. Why? Because it's your God, and you want to deny him. Continue reading verse 63. Then the high priest rent his clothes and saith, What indeed we any further witnesses? You have heard the blasphemy. What think ye? And they all condemned him to be guilty to death. Number one, he is I am. Number two, he is still I am. Turn to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 1. Amen. Man, we serve a good God. What little we do doesn't even drop in a bucket for what he deserves. Amen. I thank God we can come and meet the little bit that we do. Amen. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, but man, with fervency. Isaiah prophesied about the glory around his throne. I got excited reading this. Look at Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw unto the Lord sitting upon a throne. High and lifted up in his train filled the temple. Just, I mean, just to imagine what, what Isaiah saw. I mean, we're, we're talking like glory of glories. This is like, like John the Revelator type. You know, it's hard for us to even imagine. Verse 2. Above it stood seraphims. Uh, each one had six wing, wings, which twain he covered his face, and with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And one cried uh, uh, unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. There is a group that is ironically called Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, their doctrine that I will boldly say in, in public has led countless souls to a burning hell. Uh, I, I don't hold back on that. They teach a false gospel. They teach that Jesus Christ is not God. In fact, they teach that Jesus Christ it used to be Michael the Archangel. Go figure that one. I, it, it doesn't make sense. Unless... Unless you prioritize what their magazine, monthly magazine, that changes all the time over the word of God. And that's what they do. Amen. They have a self-given title, Jehovah's Witnesses. And it's a great title for somebody that loves the Lord. The title is great. We should all be Jehovah's Witnesses. But here's the problem. They call themselves Jehovah's Witnesses Yet they deny the deity of Christ. That's a different Jesus. If you're putting your trust in a different Jesus, then it's a different salvation. As in not a salvation at all. And you might say, well, what does, what does Jehovah's Witnesses and Isaiah seeing the glory of God's throne have anything uh, to do with what we're preaching on this morning? With him being the, the, the still, still being the I am. Well, that's the beauty of the gospel, is it all ties together. You might think the preacher's crazy for going over some of these verses, but I'm telling you, it all points to the same place. Sometimes putting a message together isn't near as hard as you might think. <laughs> Amen. We have a perfect word of God. If we would just study it, if we just read it, God will give us stuff. Amen. Amen.
You say, we, we haven't answered the question. What does Isaiah have to do with it? Better than me explaining it, let's have John explain it. John chapter 12, verse 37. Oh, I love that. No pages turning. That is so cool. We literally just read what Isaiah saw about the throne of God, and the, particularly the glory of God's throne. That's like 750 years prior. 750 years prior. John mentions this. Look at this. John chapter 12, verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, who, who's he talking about? Jesus. The context here is Jesus. Yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Isaiah the prophet, that's Isaiah, by the way, might be fulfilled, which he spake, the Lord who hath believed our report, and to whom hath the armor of the Lord been revealed? Therefore they could not believe, because that Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart. They should not see with their eyes, nor understand with their heart, and be converted, and I should heal them. And here it is right here. These things said Isaiah, when he saw his glory and spake of him. Who's John talking about? Jesus. Who is Isaiah talking about? God. I am on his throne. But John just said Isaiah was talking about Jesus. How could that be unless they were the same person in and of the same? Amen. But Jehovah's Witnesses don't want to acknowledge that. Jump back to John chapter 8, verse 24, just a few verses before. John chapter 8, verse 24, Jesus said himself, I said therefore unto you that uh, you shall die in your sins, for if you believe not that I am he, you shall die in your sins. Then said they unto him, Who art thou? And Jesus said unto them, Even the same that I said unto you from the beginning. Jesus had been telling him, I am God. I am he. He literally said, John 10, 30, I and my Father are one. We are the same person. They are the deity. Jump to Genesis 1.26. Genesis 1.26. Who was there before creation besides God himself? Genesis 1.26. And God said, let us make man in our image. Remember, this is before, before creation. He said, let us make man, who is us? He said, after our likeness. J- jump over to verse 27. And then he says, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him, male and female created he them. So we have two verses right next to each other where, one, God created man in his image, and God created man in their image. How is that possible? Except there's three in one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. That's the Trinity. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was what? God. It's talking about Jesus. And the same was in the beginning with God. Genesis backs that up. Amen. The Bible ties in with each other perfectly. Amen. You know, John 1.14, and the Word was made flesh, that's Jesus, and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory is of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. They're the same. Jesus Christ and God are the same. Amen. Amen. The Jews and the chief priests knew all the prophecies about the coming Son of God, man. 
They, they, they knew, they knew, they knew, they knew their Bibles so well. And they had the, the Old Testament. And they were religious, buddy. Whoo, they were religious. Far from God, but religious. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Religious. I hate the religious. I hate, I hate that outward uh, appearance. The, 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 you know, people can see right through hypocrisy. But the Jews and the chief priests, they knew the prophecies, and they literally thought to themselves, I can put this thought on them because it's logical. They thought to themselves, we're, den- we're not denying the Son of God. No, that's somebody else that's going to deny the Son of God. That wouldn't be us. Surely it's not us that's denying the Son of God. Why? Because we are religious. I fast so many times a week. I do this so many times a week. I give tithes of this. I, I, whatever. I read my Bible. I know the Scriptures. So if the Son of God were here, I would recognize Him. False. The same thing happens today. I go to church. These Christians, I go to church. I give tithes. I do this. I do, it doesn't, whatever. They just assume because they do these things, all of a sudden, they must have the spiritual status. When they, they're not a child of God in the least. And on the flip side, thank God for salvation. There might be those who are saved, and they're just hearers only and not doers at all. They might be saved on their way to heaven, backslid as all can be, not tithing, not doing nothing for the cause of Christ. In fact, usually they're a hindrance for the cause of Christ, I promise you. But they're saved. What a, I'd rather be saved and going out of my way to heaven than to, than to, look, than to look the part and spend eternity in hell. Something that we, we can't fathom eternity, eternal life in heaven. We can't fathom eternal damnation in hell. Amen. We can't fathom these things. Amen. But they thought themselves, they, they weren't wicked enough to deny God. People are saying the same thing today. Well, I'm not, I'm not so wicked. If, you know what? If Jesus Christ would just show himself to me, I, I'd get saved. That's not true. It's just not true. I believe with all my heart that every person out there has at some point or another had a Holy Ghost conviction that they either struggle with or they deny. And to add to that, we have a world that caters to you ignoring that. A world that wants, wants you to think that sin is a fairy tale, sin is a myth, Satan isn't real. Oh, we'll believe in God because it sounds good, but nothing more. Satan and his demons, devils believe in God, but they tremble. <laughs> There's a big difference. I have, I, have, uh, 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 I have met many people that claim denominations that are in my family even that, that will claim a denomination you know, but yet, as soon as you start talking about the goodness and the grace of God, they start getting upset. They don't want to hear it. That is like, oh, nails on a chalkboard, because they want to they act the part. They want to be like these chief priests, but they don't want nothing to do with Jesus Christ. So we have the same, uh, 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 the, we come to the same crossroads 
in each every one of our lives. We have a choice. We can, Gary Duty wrote a song, Don't Leave Them Hanging. Come to the point in your life you're going to see Jesus on the cross. You can accept or deny him. We know that there's cancer out there, but we think, no, that'll happen to somebody else. Uh, other people get diabetes. That, that won't ever happen to me. You know, you know they, they lose their parents. They lose their brother or sister. Uh, that'll never happen to me. They might die and burn in their sins. That, that won't happen to me. They're homeless out there. That won't happen to me. People lose their jobs. They go bankrupt. That won't happen to me. People get divorced. And we think that won't never happen to me. Yet, I think it's more than 50% of the uh, married population get divorced. Yet, all these things happen to every race, every culture, everybody. You can't escape it. Even though the chief priest did not accept who Jesus was, he was still the great I am, no matter they acknowledged it or not. Because the truth doesn't change. Our culture wants to change truth all the time to fit a political agenda. But truth doesn't change. Whose truth? God is truth. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. That's Jesus Christ. Hey, Jehovah's Witnesses, that's Jesus Christ. You can't get saved but through Jesus Christ. Just because somebody doesn't believe in the deity of Christ today doesn't change the fact that he's still the same I am from the beginning. He's still the same I am that died on the cross for my sins personally and yours. He's still the same I am that can count the hairs on your head and knows your name, amen? He's still the same I am that was uh, 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 died on a cross for our sins. He's still the same I am who, who was buried for three days in a borrowed tomb. He, he's still the same I am that uh, preached a three-day revival meeting in the, to the saints in Abraham's bosom, amen, before resurrecting from the dead, de defeating death in the grave, amen, and giving hope to salvation to all who believe, past, present, and future. It's the same salvation that Isaiah was trusting in, the same salvation that David was trusting in, same salvation that John was trusting in, same salvation that you can trust in. See, God's the same yesterday, today, and forever, Hebrews 13, 8. But yet we want to make it sound like he's different from this time to this time. No, no, no. He gave us salvation to all. Isaiah can preach about the same God, and it correlates perfectly with what David's talking about, what John's talking about. Amen. It's the same God. Romans 1, 16, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Salvation is in Jesus Christ. It's not in the chief priests. It's not in the good works that we do. It's not in the Baptist church. Lord knows it's not in the Catholic church. It's not in the Lutheran church or the Pentecostal church. It's in Jesus Christ and nothing else. It's in the Word of God. So when we go to study our study and find out what God's all about, let's study the Word of God, not, not what the man of God says. There's nothing that matters more than the answer to the question of, are you a child of God? Not everyone that is born uh, uh, physically is a child of God. Nope. Not even close. That's not what Jesus said. 
There must be a spiritual birth to become a child of God. Then you become a new creation. Amen. Amen. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And I promise you, all things become new. When, when, when uh, Rachel told me, and, and we're done, 30 seconds, we'll be done here. When, when Rachel first told me, and I was telling the story, it's a, it's a long, funny story. When I, uh, uh, she first, I f- found out that she was pregnant, she, she get, gave me the news. I mean, there's a whole story about it. Ask me about it sometime. I'm not kidding you. When she told me that, I literally felt like, whoo, I got to be responsible now. I was always the high guy on the roof. I would do the crazy things and swing around and grab the next trust, three stories in the air. And, and literally, my thought was like, yeah, if I break your leg, I break it, whatever. Now, it was literally like I went up on the roof because I was driven out of town. I was like, oh, I can't. That's, that's a long fall. I can't. I got to be home. Like, we got to make money. You know, I'd be driving in the wintertime and think, wow, I can't go in the ditch. It changed my thinking. And so much the more when you get saved. It will change your thinking. And all of a sudden, when you start reading, reading the Word of God, there's a Holy Spirit that will open things up to you, and now you can understand it. I know there's Christians who get saved, and then they, they just kind of go like this, and they, yep, I don't understand it, because they're not trying. I thank God that He gave us the Holy Ghost, that if we really study, He will show us things, amen. And, and what we're studying, He might show us something else. We've all been there, amen. Amen. If you're not saved this morning, I hope to God that you are saved. We're going to have a verse of invitation. Uh, Brother Tony will lead it, and, and um, I don't know what song he's singing, but well, um, I pray that this altar is open. I'd be happy to show you what the Word of God says about salvation. You can get saved at home. You can get saved in the car. You can get saved... At uh, your bedside, amen.